Brady. This is Club Hell. Thanks for coming, kids. Hey, Hello. This is Notes from the Back Row. A cinema podcast of commentary, questions, answers, dreams, fears, joy rides, hell rides, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Hello and welcome to another episode of Notes from the Back Row, Chud Buddies Edition. My name is Dan Gorman and I am here with... Carlo! Yeah, and it's us again, just the two of us um, talking about cult movies, the Chud Buddies uh, version of Notes from the Back Row. Um, before we get to our episode topic at hand, you can go to back-row.com if you'd like to read lots of amazing articles such as Jenna's uh, article about the second year of Back Row. There's a double feature up there uh, from Jenna. There's the episode that you guys did with the Back Row Alt Academy Awards and lots more. So go check that out at back-row.com. And if you want to follow us on the interwebs, you can just type in back row Cineblog on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the places. Word. Awesome. <laughs> so the where we, we last left off in the world of Chud Buddies, um, you and I did an episode where we just talked about some of our favorite discoveries of last year. Um, that was awesome. And so now to do another sort of cult cinema themed episode. Uh, we're doing a jump off of something that we're doing in real life on the Chud Buddies Discord server um, called the Chud Challenge. So um, basically what we do is a bunch of people from our chat room put their names in the hat, essentially, and we pull people to choose movies uh, from their watch list. So movies they haven't seen, but they have noted that they want to see. And then over the course of the month, you watch these movies, review them, and then we can all talk about, you know, if we like them or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an excuse to like sort of deplete your watch list and get some conversation starting on these movies, maybe with other people. Uh, yeah. Basically, basically something I stole like shamelessly from the junk food cinema podcast, patron group, <laughs> Facebook, where I'm doing like the exact same game um and yeah. yeah we're just doing it on the discord as well with people who are interested and yeah it's it's been fun totally and so before we get to it go to chudbuddies.club you'll find links to the discord server if you want to join in have some chats we talk about movies with music pop culture whatever it's a real chill place to talk about trashy stuff and whatever um totally. but yeah so i love the idea because i have a watch list on letterbox that is obscenely long um <laughs> i've been adding to it for years for like every movie i watch i probably put like 10 on the watch list so it's like yeah. almost 2000 movies along at this point so yeah 
that is kind of <laughs> how it goes. Like you watch a movie and you're like, oh, I like this person or that person or this director. And then you go to their <laughs> page and you're just adding to your watch list and it yeah. just never ends. And it never it's ends. kind of <laughs> like you're digging yourself deeper in the hole of like never yeah. being out of, out, of, out of movies to watch, which is it's good. Like it's always fun to have movies to watch, but it can be a bit overwhelming. So that's why a watch list game like this it kind of feels like you're making a little bit progress, like kind of digging away at that, like movies you may have forgotten about that you've like added to the watch yeah. list ages ago. Totally. Uh, some person will go like, okay, you've got to see this now. And then you just kind of feel a little bit obliged to do it. Um, yeah. yeah. Somebody else has picked this movie from your list. So like, you got to get to it or else it's like, why am I playing the game? You know, I like that. Yeah, it, exactly. It's yeah, a kick yeah. in the butt to, to get to a movie. <laughs> Yeah, a, a gentle, a gentle kick in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this month we picked for each other. Some months we might not pick for each other, but you and I kind of structured this idea that we could do this podcast about the first month of the Chud Challenge. So we each picked four movies from each other's watch list, and we'll talk about some at length and some not at length. Yeah, exactly. Do, do you, you want to like first? Or do you, uh, <laughs> no it's 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 fine whoever goes first but do you want to like say what the movies are or just like go through them like one by one and then let's go alternating um okay sure i'll go first and then we can just each pick whichever one we want to talk about um okay and in the spirit of getting you know a classic out of the way um yeah. a movie that was on my watch list has been on my watch list for a really long time that you i think kind of zeroed in on like dan uh, i know where yeah, why I haven't know. you watched I... duel from 1971 directed by steven spielberg his tv movie yeah exactly <laughs> You watched it and loved it, right? Yeah, but the same could have been said about me, like, not a very long time ago, because I've only seen it for the first time a couple of months ago, maybe. I think I watched it, like, during Halloween, like, the whole yeah. uh, Halloween season uh, thing that I do. Um, yeah. It's been on my watch list forever as well, like, before that, uh, because I'm not, a, like, a really big Spielberg guy. I wasn't, like, very... Um, urge to go to it to uh, soon like as it's also like a movie that gets compared to jaws a lot and i'm not the biggest jaws fan in general but i do love duel a lot yeah it's incredible <laughs> i mean if somebody listening has never heard of it it stars dennis weaver it's about a businessman who is on the road uh and a rusty tanker comes along and they kind of have this tete-a-tete -tete on the road and it just turns into this, you know, mad struggle, cat and mouse chase. And it's one of those things that I've, I've heard it said so many times about Duel that like the fact that it was a TV movie and it was so popular that it ended up playing some theatrical things, I believe mm -hmm. was the story. And just from having watched a lot of TV movies in the last couple of years, it's one of those things, one of those pockets of films that I became like really interested in, especially mm -hmm. like TV dramas. Um, there's some really great dramas with like really great casts from the seventies when like the yeah. ABC movie of the week was a thing. And even having seen a lot of those, this movie is just such a step up, like, you know, aesthetically, like it's such a muscular movie. It's, 
Yeah. 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 It doesn't feel like a TV movie at all to me. Like that's still uh, another weird thing with like TV movies is it's, it feels like a thing that used to be dismissed very easily. Oh, it's just a TV movie, but like in the now, in the age of Netflix, that's just, that doesn't mean anything anymore. Exactly. Like, okay, it's a Netflix movie, but that's like a quality movie. That's yeah. It's it's just different. But totally. It used to be it used to be that way that TV movies got kind of dismissed as being oh it's not essential or whatever you know. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, there's a ton of movies where there's like amazing performances and really amazing uh, television movies. But this is totally, you know, Spielberg coming fully formed. Like it is so muscular. It's so you know the 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 visuals of cinema. It's just everything is in its place in this movie right away and it just so like to me it was more of a suspenseful movie than jaws like i've loved jaws so much but and there's some really great scares in jaws and as a kid i was frightened of it but when i watch Mm -hmm. this now it still feels like one of those things like even in the world of cell phones even in the world of like the modern world if you're mm-hmm. on the road and something is going on like this, like this, it's a, it's like a, what would you do scenario? It's a really fun, you know, concept for a movie. Yeah. And I also feel like it works almost like a hangout movie, but like a terrifying hangout movie because you're <laughs> like with that guy every step of the way. And there's like, it's about nothing but being on the road and like the anonymity of this guy, this yeah. fucking asshole hiding behind this wheel, just terrorizing you. Like yeah. it just keeps going and going to a point where you're like, how is this shit still happening? But they, they make it like <laughs> just plausible enough that you just can feel his aggravation and like his desperation and the situation. And it's so well done. Totally. And then you have this whole layer of the, calls home to his wife and sort Mm. of this idea of masculinity and this really like masculine, you know, rough and tumble tanker is, is, you know, goading him on and, and he doesn't want to back down and he feels like he has to act more like a man. He's got to like put on this, you know, kind of like fight, you know, with the, it's just such a great little layer, you know, to this really amazing movie that just fires on a cylinder of just like it's fun to watch and it's suspenseful Mm. but then you have that little bit of like oh it's actually trying to say like something about like he's had this fight with his wife and now he's on the road and he feels like you know he's got to put up this you know front of masculinity it's just a nice little layer true true such a good movie so my first viewing of duel yeah so good yeah how how many what what's the star rating for duel for you again? Uh I gave it four and a half. Four and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I went to full five for this. Yeah. Uh, but well I don't do half, so I don't know yeah. what that means. Like it could be four and a half as well. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> it's amazing. But it's so good. Is was it was this Spielberg's first movie? I'm I'm just checking Letterbox, but I'm not really fast enough in checking. I think it. he did uh some short stuff first. Yeah, he did some short stuff, but this was probably like his first full feature movie. Yeah, because he did something called LA 2017, which was like yeah. a full length version of a TV show. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's a bit different. Yeah. But like for that to be like your first major movie, Jewel. Yeah. And 
you know, it, it's obvious Spielberg is a talented guy, even if I don't love all of his movies. There are some movies I do like, like I do like the Indiana Jones movies yeah. still a lot, and they, they still hold up for me, but there's some stuff that does not hold up at all. Uh, but I'm really glad I got around to Duel, and yeah. I also, via this ch- challenge thing, uh, <laughs> sucked you into <laughs> being, a, being a fan of Finally this. Finally <laughs> watching it yeah so from duel where are you going yeah good question um i think i'm just gonna go with like the most memorable movie that you gave me uh which was one that was on my radar for a little while uh it's a movie called american anthem there's something you want badly are you sure you know what it is Give me a chance. If you quit now, you'll just be a loser. First it's a scholarship, now it's this. What's next, me? American Anthem, the new vision of love and triumph from the director of Purple Rain. Featuring the music of Mr. Mister, Stevie Nicks, Andy Taylor, John Parr, and NXS. <laughs> uh, I think late 80s, like 87, 86, yes, maybe. 86. Directed by Albert Magnoli, which is the guy who also directed Purple Rain and Tango and Cash. Yeah. Um, well, one of the directors who worked on Tango and Cash anyway, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love this movie. Um, <laughs> I thought you would. It's a very Carlo movie. It is, it is, and and that director as well was like, ooh, the guy with the Purple Rain. Purple Rain is like one of my favorite movies ever. So, uh, um, it almost felt to me like American Anthem, like a canon movie. Yeah, but it's 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 very similar in being a dumb movie about like sports and dancing, like say Breaking or Lambada. You know the kind yeah. of stuff that was made in the wake of Flashdance. Totally, uh, like your Body Rock and Heavenly Bodies. Well, those aren't canon movies, but it's all like. It's it's very much like those, yeah. Um, but without dancing, and this movie is about gymnastics, basically. <laughs> and I've, I have a real soft spot for stuff like this, yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, American Anthem is over gymnastics, basically, and boy, there is a lot of gymnastics in this <laughs> movie. So if you're coming for that, like I know your brother is into he's he's mm-hmm. like. Uh, and to gymnastics as well. Yeah, my brother watched it with your brother, right? Yeah, we watched it together yeah, because exactly. he had heard about it, and I think we found it on VHS and watched it together. And it was just—I think when I rated this on Letterboxd, I was still kind of trying to wrestle with like, well, it's not a good movie, but like it's really entertaining and funny, so I gave it a pretty low it score. Is, yeah. But it's—it's it's definitely one of those movies that I had a ton of fun with, and that I felt like would would work well for you because of you know it has all the scenes of the like training montages and and lots of montages yeah, yeah totally you had yeah. even um tipped me off to a movie called flying a year earlier oh yeah which is a Flying's great movie as well yeah so i yeah. was like this Paul, is gonna work Paul Lynch, uh, yeah <laughs> totally yeah i love flying as well uh yeah this 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 movie is just the right kind of bananas you know it's like <laughs> one of those how did this get made kind of deals yeah uh 
And it's it's uh, it's it stars Mitch Gaylord, who's like a former uh, gymnast. Mm-hmm. Well, at the time he was a gymnast, probably. Um, but in this movie, he's like playing a former football player for some <laughs> reason. But he had to stop playing football because his his dad apparently broke his arm. Oh yeah, one day, which you only. Fo- which you only find out until much later in the movie. You're like, why is there yeah. such an animosity between the dad and Mitch Gaylord? And his dad is like real angry at him that he stopped playing football. And Mitch Gaylord is all like, I want my daddy to love me for some reason. But then you find out that his dad broke his arm and that's why he stopped playing football. So it doesn't like the character motivation in, in this movie just do not make sense at all. Um, so yeah, then at one point, uh mitch gaylord's character uh what was his name again in the movie like Tavares something i don't remember he meets janet jones's character julie uh, who is a gymnast mitch gaylord his name in the movie is steve tavir steve steve yeah, yeah exactly so they meet up there's a meet cue and there's kind of like a romantic interest but it doesn't like uh like the way it evolves the relationship it's not very like they don't put a lot of thought into it like the rest of the movie like the way mitch gaylord as well he gets into gymnastics for some reason like it it's never really explained mm-hmm. explained like why is he making this switch to gymnastics yeah. even though he used to be a football player like this movie just doesn't give a fuck and <laughs> i didn't either like whatever just get on with it yeah. uh like like Mitch Gaylord's like character motivation. He constantly waffles between wanting to be a gymnast and not wanting to be a gymnast at the drop of a hat. It's just like back and forth and back and forth, like uh, going to the coach, like you got to train me and then he drops out and then he goes back and it's just whatever, <laughs> man. <Yeah. laughs> uh, my favorite part of the movie, well, no, my, not my favorite oh my part God. of the movie, but my favorite character, my favorite character in this movie <laughs> i sent you some screenshot of, of this guy while i was watching it is uh this disabled kid who's like in a wheelchair his name is arthur and this is just some kid who sits alone in his room in like a dark room most of the time with like this crazy synthesizer setup he's got like 10 fucking synthesizers around him or some shit and all he really does is he makes like songs for janet jones's character to dance to um and he's just this weird like almost phantom of the opera character like all holed up in his dark room all the time playing keyboards and then it's it's such a wild decision yeah like the whole character it's like what what is this and like his whole relationship with janet jones it doesn't get properly explained either like at one point he's all yeah when my parents had the accident you guys didn't know what to do with me really Mm. and i'm like uh please elaborate maybe beyond that like who are you to janet jones why is she taking care of you why is she taking care of you? What's what's going on here? But yeah, I love it. Yeah, I made a note when I saw this movie that it does this extremely disgusting thing where Mitch Gaylord uh, in one scene goes into the kitchen and gets an egg. Oh, yeah. And he takes the egg in his hand <laughs> and then he smacks the top of the egg with his two front teeth like to crack it open on the top and then sucks out the egg. And it's like presented as just like a thing somebody would do. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. And, and 
I'm I'm not like an insane person. Like who who's 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 writing this shit? Like have you ever seen normal people like drink an egg? I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know, but there was another movie I watched recently and I was like I cannot believe that somebody in another 80s movie did that. They like took an egg and like cracked the top off and sucked it out. And I was like, this is just this post Rocky thing where like everyone needs to like eat raw eggs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get like the raw eggs eating shit, but the way Mitch Gaylor does it in that movie is really fucking yeah. bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Like he comes like he comes home in the middle of the night, starts raiding the fridge like an insane drunk person, but he's yeah. not drunk. Like he's just getting wasted on yogurt and eggs. <laughs> like I'll teach you. I'm gonna eat this yogurt with my fingers and I'm gonna <laughs> suck this suck yeah. your eggs up. <laughs> and and then just chuck chuck him on the floor. It's it's absolutely yeah. disgusting. It's wound. It's but okay. yeah, man, he just has to get that sweet, sweet yeah. egg nectar. And... <laughs> yeah. And and this movie also is one of those great movies where like he's got to do a certain, you know, gymnast uh, move by the end mm. of the movie. And, and you know, he might yeah. like, kill himself. Well, yeah, the, the, the trip, the triple yeah. Lindy. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember what that's from? The triple Lindy? I mentioned that in my, in that my review, but I don't know. That's yeah. back to school, yeah. The yeah. Rodney Dangerfield movie, exactly. Of course, <laughs> that's a, that. That's such a legendary moment in that movie. And uh, when when Mitch uh, Gaylord like attempts it for the first time, like early on in the movie, there's this gymnastics meet when Mitch Gaylord he's just started doing gymnastics again for either for the first time or he's taking it up again. Like I said, the movie doesn't really explain mm-hmm. it. Like if he has a history or not doing that, but anyway, the coaches agreed to train him, and he's doing like the horizontal bar, but then he just flies off <laughs> it. You know, he loses yeah. his grip and like he's attempting that triple Lindy shit. Like, I I get that that was a point that he's supposed to do like a big flip or whatever, like uh, launching off yeah. of it. But he catapults himself basically onto another person, like almost decapitating them because. Afterwards, this guy's face is just drenched in oh blood. And meanwhile, yes, for, for real, like I was shocked. I was like, I just shouted out like, holy shit, when that <laughs> happened. And meanwhile, there's another really, really strange thing about this movie. Like the person who scored this movie, I don't know if you remember, but it's Alan oh, Silvestri. Yeah. And there's a typical Alan Silvestri, like Predator slash Back to the yeah. Future music in this movie. And when that scene happens, when this guy's like drenched in blood, suddenly there's like fucking Predator music <laughs> in the background. It's like, holy fuck, what yeah. is happening here? What is this tonal shift? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's what you get for attempting a triple limit. Yeah. And you don't have the poise of a 60-year-old Rodney Dangerfield. You just fuck that the shit up, Olympic man. Olympic stuff at the end of the movie is just great. It has that like overly stylized music video, you know, sheen to it. So good. Yeah, and and there's so much of it at the end of the movie. Like, uh, like I said, there's a lot of gymnastics in the mo- in this movie, which I'm like, yeah, let's fucking yeah. do it, gymnastics. Woo, show me some fucking <laughs> montages. But then the movie goes into its final act, which is basically one big long. <laughs> stretched out gymnastics tournament that, that goes on for like i'm not even kidding like a full yeah. half hour and, and you're like how much gymnastics is too much and i'd say a full half hour in a 90 minute movie is probably too much 
<laughs> so uh, another weird thing in that tournament as well like i don't know if you you probably know some stuff about gymnastics but i don't know if i like based on this movie understand how scoring works in gymnastics like i remember watching it with my brother my brother being like laughing yeah. about the way that they do certain things or, yeah. or or they'll do things and and say like what it was and he'll be like that's not possible or like that's not what that <laughs> trick is called yeah 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 but also you get like characters like reacting to their scores like uh at one point mitch gaylord he does like uh, a certain thing and he gets a 9.8 and he goes yeah. shit like he's disappointed at a 9.8 i'm like holy shit how is that a bad thing <laughs> uh, but then later on he does another like a different uh thing and he gets a 9.75 but he's happy yeah. about it that time <laughs> like i guess it's just about like beating the other guys more than yeah, like what score so. you're getting that's that's the only thing i could get from yeah. that really but yeah great movie man four stars <laughs> american anthem 1986 See yeah it. it's it's definitely a cheesy movie that is uh right up my alley so okay i'm trying to think about what i'll do next let's go to the 90s speaking of holy shit movies um let's go to 1994's parole violators directed by patrick g donahue get it out let's go move it move it joey you're the star of the tv show parole violator get your own store get out of here a vigilante with a mission oh no oh, video cop you didn't like this guy how did chino get out of prison out the front door like everybody else where the system breaks down. It's the only way, man. Damn it, go around. A man whose mission is serious, and he won't stop. You're under arrest for parole violation. Um, this is one that was on my list. I feel like it's been one of those so bad is good kind of discovery movies that have been floating around Letterboxd for a, a long time. And it had been on my list for a little while and finally got to it. Thanks to you. It stars Sean P. Donahue. It's about this TV show host named Miles. He, uh, I guess, is like a vigilante kind of guy who goes out and tapes, you know, people uh, violating their parole and, and committing crimes. And then he like <laughs> beats them up and ties them to, you know, a pole and like puts the VHS on them. And then the cops come and then. And then he also shows those tapes on TV as like, welcome to parole violators. We've got these tapes of people getting beat up. They were on parole and now they got to go back to jail. <laughs> and so he's living. Do, this doesn't he call himself like like the video cop? Yeah, the video. Isn't cop, that a thing that he calls cop. himself? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. living a dual life. So like nobody knows the guy who hosts parole violators is the video cop. And it's like fucking clearly the guy is the guy <laughs> yeah yeah he's not even in the there's no disguise yeah. or like even the mask and there's all it's these scenes in the movie guy. where he's getting into fights and doing amazing and it's like you're supposed to be the unassuming tv show host and you're out there whooping ass at every <laughs> occasion <laughs> um <laughs> yeah yeah it was amazing 
right oh it's so good that's that's a good like uh like i feel like a lot of these z-grade action movies um you're like sifting through the rubble to find like that one diamond parole violators yeah. is a big fucking shiny ass diamond man <laughs> so that's yeah, why yeah. i felt like you needed to see it 100 percent. yeah and it has that like you know direct-to-video feel where they needed action movies they needed horror movies Everybody was making them. Anyone, you know, that was doing low budget movies, they were doing stuff like this just to fill the the uh, the shelves. Um, and and this is one of those ones where not only is it really entertaining and hilarious and the acting is, you know, terrible and the dialogue is hilarious, but it's also stuffed with like really fun stunts and like the they're really going for the action in the sense of like, there's just a lot of fun stunts. People are getting hit by cars and stuff. And you're like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it's not a boring movie, like, for, no. even a, for even a second. It just keeps going. And there's, uh, like, I, I think, like, the entire movie has, like, a score uh, running through it. There's yeah. just, like, barely a scene that doesn't have any, like, shitty but great music to it. Oh and yeah, it's just fights and crazy dialogues, and yeah, it's just yeah. so much the, fun. The best part of the movie being at near the end. There's a big fight scene, and there's all these bad dudes in this house, and the and the parole violator, video cop dude, he's like, "I'm gonna go in there and beat everybody up." So he jumps <laughs> through the window and smashes into like a a roll, and then like mm. pops up. And one of the goons is like, where'd you come from? And he just yells, through the window. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Oh, my God. When I saw it's that so scene, good. I was just dying laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I put that bit on YouTube because I was like, I have to share this shit with people yeah. who, who are not being exposed to this movie. <laughs> like, if you've never seen this movie, you have to see this scene. Like, it's, it's just, amazing. it sets the tone for the entire movie as well. Like, yeah. uh, moments yeah. like that. It's, it's just the, the, the way he says it. He kind of yeah. has a little, a little American accent too. He's like, through the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and, and he says it so fast as well in a, in a way like he ha had to like, get that line out real fast or, or he's like yeah. out of breath from like doing that stunt maybe a couple of times i don't know yeah. <laughs> through the window <laughs> and, it's, and yeah, then he definitely. kicks him in the nuts <laughs> <laughs> like to cap so it good. off that's everything you need exactly um, yeah it's it's great um five just star. lots of stunts lots of shootouts five stars easy <laughs> yeah very easy like the yeah. easiest five stars i've uh yeah it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember back then as well. Like, uh, holy shit, this is uh, this is gonna stick with me. And yeah, it's got that amazing. Um, another one. One other thing I'll mention it has that amazing scene where like the um, kind of love interest woman who is also kind of like a a kick ass character. She beats a lot of people yeah. up. Um, hmm. Is talking to like one of the bad guys. And oh, he says yeah. his name is Goon, and, and she's like, a Goonie bird? Are you like a Goonie bird? And he's like, no, no, I hate birds. Birds are weak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just freaks out about that. He's like super insecure. Like, how dare you compare me with a bird? And she's like, well, there's some tough birds. Take like, uh, and she names like a bird, like to... To, uh, yeah, she's like a crow, for instance. Yeah, and he's like, no, no, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he gets so mad. Yeah. It's wonderful. It is so yeah. wonderful. Such Easy five movie. stars from 1994, Pro Violators. You gotta see it. You gotta. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, going from a five star movie to, yeah. spoiler alert, a one star movie. Oh. <laughs> which is a movie you assigned to me called mm-hmm. Gunhead. Gunhead. Uh, Gunhead. 1989. Yeah. Um, this is like a Japanese American co-production, I think. But I feel like it's mostly uh, was made in Japan. Like the, the director is a Japanese guy, and the team that worked on it as well. Like it was apparently originally meant to be like a sequel to like the 1984 Godzilla reboot, but. Oh. Uh, which is kind of hard to imagine because there are like no monsters in it. Uh, like it does take place on like a secluded island, which some mm. Godzilla movies do. And it yeah. does have this kind of vibe where I can see it working like aesthetically as a Godzilla movie. But maybe that's just like that 80s dusty ass anime slash Metal Gear Solid 1 vibe that Japanese <laughs> stuff had had in the 80s. Um, which is also the only thing this movie really has going for it, to be honest. Like that vibe, that aesthetic. That's that's a draw for me. Like having yeah. grown up with anime in the in the night and then like like late late nineties, discovering like all that uh, straight to uh, well, not straight to video, but you know, like a bunch of like VHS and DVD yeah. releases of like the like the dub of Akira and Ghost in the Shell mm-hmm. and stuff like that kind of stuff. There's that vibe in Gunhead. I think that's also why that movie has existed in the back of my, of my mind since hearing about it back in yeah. those days. Like I remember like early in the 2000s when DVDs were a big thing, I probably came across it in like a DVD shop, thought it looked cool, but probably some friend of mine told me it was one of the worst movies ever or some shit. <laughs> so I just wrote, I just wrote it off. But I mean, these days that's kind of a draw for me when people say that shit yeah. about a movie. Like I need to find out for myself, which is, how bad it is because i feel like a lot of the time bad for people just means it's doing something they're not used to seeing or whatever yeah sometimes it just means bad which is very much the case here oh um that's a yeah too that's too bad but i don't want to be like a negative netty here like there's not a whole lot to tell about this movie it's kind of a bore but there's just very little action and the action has no weight to it because the characters are boring as well so whatever they're doing is boring and it's still just a big old mess of who cares yeah when i looked at the reviews on letterboxd it seemed like there was a split between people saying no this sucks and it's boring but it looks great or people saying yeah well it doesn't make any sense but i'm just here for like what it looks like yeah that's true but while i was watching it i was like there's not a lot you can get out this that you wouldn't be able to get of like watching a trailer except that it's much 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 longer it's so (laughs) long (laughs) because it's so boring and so messy so i guess if you watch like a trailer for this and you like what you see you might as well put that trailer on repeat for like a hundred minutes and have like the same experience like you can tell their skill in the practical effects and like i said aesthetic is really good 
yeah like the robot designs and all and the vibe like that's enough enough to warrant some interest like for me as well especially but then again all of it looks like incredibly murky mm. it's, it's kind of like looking at a pool of mud for like a hundred <laughs> minutes so like even even the practical effects they kind of get lost in that shit uh which is it's kind of too bad you know like there was something there for sure but i don't know like if you want to see a movie like this i'd say just watch uh like maybe death machine or hardware which i think are good movies that could do a similar thing uh have you ever seen death machine yes, 1994 uh, a long time ago i saw it in high school and really liked it but i've never revisited uh, it you should revisit it still holds up i saw it a couple of years ago and i mean at least that movie has like a sense of humor about itself yeah. it's 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 pretty fun to watch and also you get like brad Dourif, who's playing a hacker that's basically tommy wiseau yeah to be honest which is kind of amazing like just think about that like brad Dourif playing tommy wiseau <laughs> I mean, I'm okay. in just based on that. Yeah, and you also get like this crazy robot tearing shit up, uh, like references to like John Carpenter, Sam Raimi and stuff in there, like characters named Carpenter, I think. And yeah, that's 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 a crazy good movie, that machine. So don't watch Gunhead, watch that machine. <laughs> that's that's my takeaway. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, a movie that was screened by Justin DeClue here. Um at laser blast film society it was i don't know there was a movie that had this kind of aesthetic yeah that i feel mm -hmm. like was do you, pretty fun do you want to look it up while i explain the plot of gunhead because it's pretty convoluted and yeah there's some totally yeah okay so the plot for gunhead and bear with me here because this movie needs like three separate info dumps to properly explain it all like off the bat you're just reading and listening listening to narration so, like, in the early 2030s, humans discover a new substance called, and I'm not kidding here, a substance called Texmexium. Oh. Which must have been, like, the result of a night of brainstorming fueled by takeout food. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Tex-Mex, let's oh, call it Texmexium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck is that about? And so, basically, Texmexium enables the entire world to be controlled by a new generation of supercomputers, that are stored in hyper-nuclear facilities, blah, blah, blah. Basically, it's setting up the entire plot to introduce like a bunch of bounty hunter characters that go to this island where everything takes place and they're looking for chips for to build supercomputers that run on Tex Maximo. That's the gist of it. Nice. But then they also come in with this other plot that the island that they're going to, there used to be a robot war there. So there is, there's a lot of like robot remains there and probably like uh, find chips in those robot remains or whatever. It's just like <laughs> watching this movie, it should have been like a very simple, straightforward thing. Yeah. But they spend so much time explaining like the world but it doesn't have any like consequences within the movie, so it might as well not be in there. Like mm. it just thinks of rewrites and production trouble. Uh, I mean, this this was an Alan Smythe pro uh, a movie yeah. for a long while. Like the like it it got disowned totally uh, because the director's actual name is Masato Harada, uh, which is also listed on Letterboxd and IMDb by now. But back then, it's yeah. it just got like thrown in that pile you know totally. like the alan smithy uh 
the the movie I was trying to think of was from 1995. It's called Mechanical Violator Hakider. Oh yeah, it's a Japanese movie. That's that's I think that's by a guy who did a bunch of movies like that. Actually, like he probably did a Kamen Rider movie as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, I've never seen it though. It's you know it has that kind of like futuristic it has kind of splatterpunk stuff there's like yeah. a robot in it it just has a, it just reminded me of that kind of like vibe but is also like a, a really entertaining movie too <laughs> oh, okay because i've tried out some of this guy's movies but they seemed a little bit boring like just some really cool yeah. high concept stuff and like practical effects are fun but i find them a little bit boring on like like the way they were written but i haven't seen that one the the hakaider yeah. one uh, yeah that that's definitely the same vibe though like that 80s japanese vibe that's very present yeah. in, in gunhead as well so if you can sustain like your interest based on that vibe sure check out gunhead yeah like why not totally <laughs> <laughs> um well speaking of guns let's go into another one that just had me you know in a good mood from 1987, Eastern Condors, directed by Sammo Hung. This is about a bunch of prisoners who are given a chance for freedom by going to Vietnam to destroy some missiles. Um, at the last minute, though, it gets canceled and they end up on this kind of um, freedom fighting journey. They're trying to get back. Uh, tons of action breaks out. Um, and I just had not seen this yet. Um, it had been I think it, it was on my list because I know you had watched it and said it was mm, incredible. It is. It is, so I finally um, got to it. I'm really glad that you did manage to get to it before we <laughs> decided to record yeah. because, like, I didn't want you to like squeeze it in because you had to. So I'm glad that you yeah. enjoyed it because this is like probably top five action movies ever for me personally. Yeah, um, it, I, it it's it's great because I was in a bad mood and I was almost like maybe I shouldn't be putting this on, but I was like, mm -hmm. but I want to watch it. Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily trying to squeeze it in, but I was like, I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm not feeling great right now, but yeah. putting it on really like made my mood improve. It's just so entertaining. Um, it's the, the, the thing I really like about this is also kind of the thing that I was a little worried about in the first like 10, 15 minutes yeah. is there's so many characters, right? Cause it's a, it's a group of 10 yeah. that yeah. are going in. Uh, um, so yeah. I was like, how am I going to get, you know, <laughs> attached to these characters and how are they going to be you know like deep enough for me to want to care about them and and that kind of thing so i was a little worried like oh crap this is going to be really overstuffed maybe um but even right away from the first person that ends up dying is this guy with a stutter and i was like i love that character i wanted to see more of him and and they do a really good job of just having just enough of like a quirk to each character where you know, it, it they aren't the, the deepest characters in the world, but you're never confused about who's who. Um, and it's just a really um, well-balanced movie, particularly in the action, which 
when you come to these movies, you know, the action is going to be incredible. The stunts are going to be unbelievable, but it's actually really another thing about the movie that's well balanced is there's not so much action that it pulls away from each scene. Like there's a lot of balance between the hand to hand fights, the, you know, the fights with explosions and bullets and stuff, the, the gunfights. It's really well staged and, you know, escalated throughout the movie there's no like wow that insane stunt at the beginning of the movie and then the rest of it it could never live up to it it's just like every action scene is just the right amount of wild (laughs) yeah totally uh it it doesn't get repetitive either like there's enough variation like you said in in the stuff that they do and like overall this this is like as good as it gets for me, like Hong Kong action movie wise, there's a lot of great movies, but Eastern Condors is like an all timer. Uh, and I'd even call it like the best men and women on a mission movie ever made for me. Uh, but yeah. And like you said, there's like so many characters in this. And like, if you get to know like more and more like Hong Kong people, like every single one of the characters that are in this who like, everyone is someone like these aren't just like bit actors this this is like loaded with familiar hong kong faces as well like you've got like Sam hong of course but you've also got yun biao and you've also got Corey yun and yun wu ping who are like two of the biggest uh action directors chore- choreographers who have roles in this and you've got joyce godenzi who's the girl yeah. with the braids she... that's Samo that's Sam hong's wife Oh, I didn't know that, but I knew that I had yeah. recognized her from movies. And I think maybe it was, I don't know. I know she was in Mr. Nice Guy, but I, I don't, I haven't yeah. seen a lot of her movies, but I was like, she has a face. I've recognized her from some action movie. And yeah, she is a very, so good in this movie. I know so she, she also got like, she got nominated for that part as well. Like for an, like a oh, Hong man. Kong movie award, I think she didn't win it, but she did get the, uh, get yeah. the nomination for that. Oh, she's amazing. But, yeah. She, She's an amazing actress and she had like no action training prior to like doing really? any of these action movies. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. If you see her in Eastern Condors and not just Eastern Condors, there's a movie directed by Corey Young called She Shoots Straight, which is like one of yeah. my favorite Hong Kong action movies. And she's, she's like the, the, the main star in that. And she has a bunch of fights in that. And it's like, she's just a natural she's absolutely amazing and like i said she's samo hung's wife and at one point she had to make the decision like samo hung actually like confronted her with like either we get married and you stop acting or you just continue acting and it doesn't happen between us oh my god which is kind of like how, like I love Samo Hung and his like contribution contributions to Hong Kong and just action cinema in general are incredible. But th- th- he kind of like robbed the world of like a female action star, yeah. uh, and she's only done like a half like a handful of movies because of that. She yeah. chose to like get into <laughs> yeah you know marital yeah. life um it's 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 a pity (laughs) one one of the other things that i really like about the movie and its balance is just the tone right like sammo hung is obviously notable for a lot of his movies being having humor to them and comedies yeah basically doesn't 
go so far into the humor that it takes away from, you know, the weight of the situations. Like at the end of the movie, when the two guys are wounded and they've got to sit there and like wait for the bad dudes to drive their truck up so that they can shoot a bomb. Mm -hmm. So it blows up like there are scenes there where, where they're talking to each other and the one guy's laying under the truck asking what the sky looks like. And it's like really well handled and there were so many mm. times in this movie where somebody would get shot or like somebody would get hurt and i was like no like oh no <laughs> like i was like legitimately up like worried and upset about it <laughs> yeah yeah the thing is also like you said this isn't like leaning into the comedy as much as a lot of sam hung movies and that was kind of like a like a conscious choice mm-hmm. Like Sammo Hung said, like, I'm doing, like, a war movie. It's kind of a touchy subject. We're going to handle this proper. And he, hand, he, like, he took it so serious that he lost, like, 30 pounds in three months to prepare for this role because he was like, it's not going to look good if, like, a soldier's overweight. So he just put himself through the ringer wow. and lost a lot of weight. He lo- he's, he's looking very lean in this movie. Like if you compare it to his other movies uh, around that time, it's, it's, it's pretty noticeable. Yeah. I, but there's still like the, the, the small moments of humor that do come through. Oh yeah. There, there's a little bit in that for sure. Like there's, there's, you can't fully strip that from a Sammo Hung movie and neither would you want to. I feel yeah. like uh, it just needs a little bit of levity, uh, mm-hmm. like most movies. I feel, yeah, but, yeah. What about what about though? There's a shot in Eastern Condors that is just like one of my favorite shots in movies, like of all time. It's an overhead camera shot of Yun Biao kicking a guy in the shin, in the in the in the chin. Oh my god! <laughs> that that is such a. And you're like, that dude just got kicked as hard as somebody could in the face. (laughs) Exactly. And he did because all the action you're seeing in this movie, it legit took place. These are stuntmen, but they're like pulling it all off. Like no tricks or no, uh, like no cameras, uh, obscuring what's actually happening or not happening. It's, it's so, yeah, you just feel that shit. And that's also part of what makes it so good. There was one scene earlier in the movie when they're like escaping with like the the dude and his uncle and Mm. um, something happens and they all fall off of like the truck that they're on or something. And one of the guys that falls off the truck does like a flip and lands like on his back, but his feet Mm -hmm. have like folded over like so it's basically like his ankles are like behind his head. And just like <laughs> flat out on the dirt ground, just lands like oh, and I'm like holy shit! Like yeah. <laughs> they just did a flip, <laughs> like like, and I know that like I've seen enough Hong Kong movies to know that like that is just like par for the course, getting tossed across the room stuff. But like yeah. oh, it just everything in this movie you feel in your gut when things happen. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's the magic of Hong Kong cinema. Yeah. The fact it's... that they do so much shit, like not half-assed. They yeah. just they they know if they're doing it for real, you're gonna be feeling it for real, and that's totally. so true. Yeah, yeah. Can't recommend Eastern Condors from 1987 enough. 
Yeah, that's like no no brainer five no stars. No brainer uh, five stars. I, I I can't wait to see it again. It's been a couple of months since since I watched it first. Um, like I came to it late as well, but I need to go back to it. It's like just yeah. talking about it. I'm I'm like getting riled up uh, <laughs> just thinking about some of the fights and some of the scenes. And oh my god, that part where Samo Hung basically snipes a guy with like a bamboo leaf. Yeah, so good. Holy oh, shit! Great. <laughs> That's just you can't make that shit up. That's just so genius. Good. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> Where are well, you gonna jump to from? Eastern Condors. Well, there's no way but down from Eastern Condors, <laughs> but let's not be too uh, too down about it. Mm -hmm. um, like another movie that you pull from my watch list that I had on it is uh, from 1991 called Run. Matt Halloran owns the town of Sawtucket. He owns the track, the clubs, and the chief of police. Charlie Farrow is a college kid just visiting Sawtucket. You a gambler, man? Life is a gamble, man. He thought it was his lucky day. All right. But now he's winning big from the wrong guy. Matt Halloran's son. You better get out of here while you still got the chance. I think he's dead. I never touched him. Why isn't anybody doing anything? Look, now there are witnesses. Call the police! Better run, Charlie. You killed Matt Halloran's son. Now he's gonna kill you! I want that kid. My lady killed all his brothers! It was an accident! Now Charlie's trapped in Halloran's town. I don't care what it takes. I want him right here, on his knees. Up against Halloran's men. Take this kid down. The little town of Sawtucket will never be the same. Hollywood Pictures presents Patrick Dempsey. It's just one of those nights. Run. And it's still early. Starring yes. Patrick Dempsey, aka yeah. McDreamy. McDreamy. <laughs> I guess this is what the what the kids are calling him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um I like movies from the early 90s a lot because they're basically like 80s movies in disguise. There's yeah. a lot of like bleed over. Like they're all like basically secret 80s movies like totally. i remember first starting using letterbox i was always big on 80s movies and like logging a bunch of stuff and i started noticing how great like how especially 1990 and 91 are like stuff like frankenhooker gremlins 2 ninja turtles total recall dark man yeah uh story of ricky rockula uh, <laughs> the classic classic but yeah this movie not so much for me personally <laughs> like i know you have a soft spot for it because yes. you probably like grew, grew up with it no or like saw it as a kid no oh, not even not okay. even i watched okay. it for the first time i i found it on vhs and i had never seen it it's a it's a mm. touchstone movie and i have a weird thing about the touchstone oh, era of stuff there but you go <laughs> for me i just like I, I like the kind of on-the-run movies, and this is one of those, like, mistaken yeah. movies where he accidentally kills a mob guy and he's on the run. And I also get a lot out of, you know, the idea of Patrick Dempsey in this kind of action movie where he's supposed to be, like, charming and, like, bumbling his way through it. But it's <laughs> like he's still... It's, it's funny to me that he became, like, McDreamy because in his early work, he's mm. such a, like, kind of goober. And I get a lot he out of just him being a goober. goober. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, I like yeah. that kind of action movie that's not an action movie sometimes where it's like, you know, there's not a ton of action here. It's just a lot of running around. Or not even yeah, a lot. It's just a lot but, of kind of on the run stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this movie was fine. I didn't hate it, but it it felt like a little bit uninspired for me, like oh, yeah. on a technical level, like the yeah. way it's shot and scored. It feels very like TV movie, but in not the best way for mm-hmm. me. Um, like you said, I do like like a good one crazy night yeah. thriller. And I probably would have been more into it as a kid, but like halfway, I just kind of lost my interest, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Totally yeah, sure, fair. this is fine." There's a good, there's a good amount of running, but there's not a great amount of running. <laughs> like there's more running in Crank, but not in Run as much. Yeah, yeah, I, I, <laughs> um, I think that's fair. Yeah, I do like the way that everything starts snowballing yeah. at the start. Like, uh, it all feels very insanely unreasonable the way people start acting towards yeah. him, which kind of puts him in this entire situation. Yeah. Uh, like the progression of conflict at the start, it was very, like almost cartoon, cartoonish in a totally. way. And on one hand, you can be like, okay, this is not a realistic progression of conflict. But on the other hand which is where I'm at. I'm more like, this is crazy and unreasonable and I'm, and I'm into it. Yeah. But then it doesn't really go beyond that. No, and the rest is not. just more like a straightforward uh, on the run thriller. Totally. You know? uh, so yeah, whatever. Yeah. I gave it two stars. Yeah. It, it's fine. You might yeah. like, if you have a soft spot for this kind of movie, you like it. You probably like it more. Totally. Like you did, but yeah, I'm, you... not, I'm not gonna like, uh, say you like it's a piece of shit yeah that, uh, that's I, I will not go that far that's fair. absolutely not i don't think anyone out there yeah. is being like you're too hard on run from 1991 <laughs> yeah and i also don't think anyone's going like you gotta see run no. it's a must see <laughs> it's sort of like in the middle like uh, mileage will vary yeah totally it's just one of those movies yeah mm. and speaking of uh must sees and one of those movies Lady Terminator from 1989 was my last Chud Challenge movie. Sometimes the past should be left to memory. To gather dust within the covers of recorded time. In 100 years, I'll have my revenge on your great-granddaughter. Whoever finds the secret of the South Sea Queen will live in great danger of a soul. Oh, yes, I will. But how is she to know? Meet Tanya, an American anthropologist who travels to Indonesia in search of truth. A tale of possession, revenge, insatiable desire, and an evil that will not die. Thank you. She is the South Sea Queen. She is the Nasty Hunter. Um, and this is yet another one that I have heard of for a long time. I feel like I've, I remember Lady Terminator being mentioned to me, you know, like in early college or late high school as Mm. one of those VHS picks from the local store that you got to see. And I just never got to it. Um, and it's about the spirit of an ancient evil queen possessing the body of a young anthropological student who then goes on a murderous rampage and, 
and then also that, terminator that's, yeah that's like the by the books yeah. summary of it but i i couldn't resist but also rewatch this movie for the <laughs> podcast because it's been a couple of years and i remember like i remember it very fondly it's it's one of my first encounters with like trash cinema several years ago i have some nostalgia for it so i was like fuck it i'm also gonna rewatch it even though it wasn't one of my assignments uh also curious if it held up and boy howdy does it uh and and like the start of the movie is just insane oh my god like 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 you say it's based on the legend of the south queen but the movie starts and it's just about this lady having sex with dudes and basically killing them with what's inside her yeah the first thing that happens is some guy is sleeping with her and then he just like gets blood on him and he's dead all of a sudden and she's like ah nobody can like nobody can satisfy me but then another guy shows up <laughs> and does yeah she's like i want a man who can satisfy satisfy me and this dude shows up and he pulls a snake out of her pussy and he turns it into a blade and he says you're my yeah. wife now stop the killings and she's all you tricked me i'll have my revenge on your granddaughter and boom there you have it movie set up <laughs> yeah it was wow <laughs> exactly it's a lot <laughs> to start a movie yeah <laughs> yeah. Tone, and then from set. there it just becomes you know I, I i mentioned in my review when i watched this i was so so tired and about yeah. like halfway through the movie it just to me becomes a blur of people getting shot and like jump edits and i had no idea what was going on but was loving every minute of it but it was like <laughs> so close to drifting out of consciousness that like it has become this just like blob of wild action in my mind <laughs> and that is kind of what it is it is kind of like a like a blur of just gunfire and weird edits yeah. and just scenes at a club with a lady singing and there's there's yeah. this yeah there's, there's just a vibe to this movie that keeps you glued to it though like you don't totally. have to be like figuring out what's happening or like uh if you think you're lost watching this movie because you're too tired, don't worry. There's not really <laughs> anything happening aside from like yeah. just mayhem, mayhem, mayhem. <laughs> totally. Yeah, this was, uh, I don't know, you've, you've probably not seen any other movies by this director, have you? Uh, no, I've never seen Mystics in Bali, but I know I've oh, heard of it. Okay. The director's name is uh, H. Chut Jalil. Uh, shot buddy but differently spelled <laughs> but for this movie for lady terminator he's apparently like credited within the movie as jaleel jackson don't know where that mm. came from but sure yeah uh yeah also directed mystics in bali and uh, another movie uh from 1995 called dangerous seductress uh mm. which i recommend both they're both equally like crazy like lady terminator but they probably make maybe a little bit more sense than lady terminator well it's it's, it's not exactly like lady terminator <laughs> doesn't make sense it's just it's basically the terminator story but it kind of assumes you've seen terminator so it doesn't really bother explaining a lot yeah it's also just like the only thing it has to do with terminator is that like you know somebody comes a hundred years like somebody later in time is coming yeah. you know like it's pretty loosely terminator related 
yeah to chase down this girl and there's like a kyle yeah. reese character sort of who's this dopey cop yeah. and then there's also another character called snake do, do you True. remember snake <laughs> because yeah. how, can, how can you not this played by a guy called adam stardust and a wonderful name i'm pretty sure that's not his real name <laughs> i was looking it up like i was thinking like how am i gonna describe this guy like for a podcast if you've never seen lady terminator and it's just <laughs> like i was browsing the reviews for lady terminator and uh, a Lairbox user uh laird uh he described him as a ginger mulleted guy who talks like a fall mouthed ninja turtle uh he kind of reminded me of like like a jeff spicoli from fast times kind of a guy as well yeah but more yeah. Like, yeah like a ginger army guy character he's, he's <laughs> very very memorable in this movie like uh i want more of him <laughs> to be honest yeah totally I'm, I'm glad he shows up for like the the, the crazy mind melting showdown at the end where just lady terminator with her melted face shooting lasers out of her eyes <laughs> making everything explode like it's so good and it's only 80 minutes as well. So yeah. uh, what, what more do you need for a perfect movie? Like a short runtime. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It lives up to what you've heard of it as a, you know, what the fuck movie. Yeah. What the fuck is right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kind of surprised you, you haven't got a, gotten around to it yet because mm -hmm. it's one of those, like, I feel like it goes, it's, it's been like making the rounds with like, bad movie trash movie fans in general for oh, yeah. long quite time. a long time and from there speaking of making the rounds i i made you watch a movie that made the rounds in my vcr a lot when i was a kid <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh national lampoons loaded weapon one <laughs> what's wrong nothing Lampoons, loaded weapon one. From out of the night comes two men with enough courage, enough brains. What you get, Irv? Dandruff, seborrhea, maybe just dry, itchy scale. Have you tried this? I use it. Head and shoulders? Enough bullets. I know what you're thinking. Punk, did he fire 173 times or 174? To get the job done. Hey, Scotty, can you get this machine to work? I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. If I push it any harder, the whole thing will blow. New Line Cinema presents the cop movie to end all cop movies. Yes, 1993. Starring Emilio and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I do love that they put one at the end. That's such a weird little thing to do. Yeah, and and I love that like the the marketing was like the tagline was like see it before they make a sequel and yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't make a lot of notes on this. Like if any That's that fine. I kept kept around at least. Uh, this is a, f a fine comedy. It's not my favorite. Like I put it on my watch list, even though I'd seen it when it came out. Uh, yeah. But that's been like, Jesus, like 50 years ago. Uh, I just remember not being into it at all as a kid, like when it came out. And 
I mean, if 10-year-old me didn't like a comedy, that wasn't a very good sign because I wasn't a picky kid. Even back then, yeah, I just always thought it was kind of lame. But then I, on Letterboxd, I saw some positive reviews. I think both you and Justin really liked this. And I was like, okay, let's let's give it another shot. And I did, and it's it's fine. Like, there's still some stuff in it that's lame and doesn't work for me. But there's also some pretty good jokes in it that are also lame, but that do work for me. So, yeah, kind of in the middle with this one. Uh, that's fair. The these kind of movies you know it's it's the, there's always a ratio and the and the ratio of good jokes to not good jokes you know that's true they're almost always leaning towards not good jokes but there's just so many of them <laughs> <laughs> that's true this this movie is just non-stop with the jokes so yeah. you, you've got to respect that like uh yeah just throwing everything at the wall and it's also like I think the credits are like 12 minutes. So this movie is like, I don't know, like 70 minutes long. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it also kind of feels like a bunch of sketches like stitched together at, at, at moments, which is like, it's just a thing that happens with comedies. I don't mind it too much personally. Um, I think what doesn't really work for me with this movie is I don't really like Emilio Estevez doing this kind of material. Uh, I love him yeah well he doesn't really work for me like even though his brother like charlie sheen as stopper harley and hot shots uh i love that shit i grew up watching hot shots all the time especially hot shots too for some reason i've always liked so that good. one a lot um i do really really love in this movie but that's not not just this movie i do really love john lovitz and in this yeah. movie as well, he, he gets like a couple of scenes, like maybe three or four scenes. But every time he showed up, he was fucking hilarious. But that's just John Lovitz <laughs> for me. Like his line, I, his line delivery is just so good. Yeah. And I love when it, I think it's him where they have the scene where he's like, am I going to make it, Doc? And they're like, yeah. And then they zip him up in a body bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's got uh, some meta stuff where he's like, don't you think it's weird that your brother's doing hot shots and you're doing yeah, this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. And, yeah. Uh, like the first scene that he shows up, uh, like Emilio Estevez's character um, and Sam Jackson, they're like tracking down a witness and it's uh, for like these cocaine cookie murders or whatever yeah. uh, that are happening. And it's John Lovitz's character that they track down. They, he's got some information. And Emilio Estevez, he, he goes like, give me a name. And then John Lovitz goes, weren't your parents supposed to do that? <laughs> 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 that made me laugh. That made me laugh like out loud. <laughs> I love uh, this stupid movie. It's a, it's so <laughs> stupid, but the things in it that make me laugh, make me laugh a lot. Yeah. There's definitely some good stuff in there. Um, like another bit with John Lovitz, like the meta stuff that you mentioned, like in that first scene, I was just talking about, uh, his character dies but then later on he just shows up again and yeah i think like estevez or sam jackson goes like weren't your dad and he says i thought this was the sequel yeah <laughs> <laughs> just the way so he sells good. it is so good it's just perfect for me <laughs> yeah definitely it's so I think you know john lovett's five stars low the weapon yeah. hmm, i don't know two three yeah like i think you gave it three 
Yeah, true. Okay. Yeah. I, I will say for me, for my money, this and um, Fatal Instinct are the Fatal Instinct, like, yeah. Are the two spoof movies that were like on the cusp of the of the genre becoming something so terrible and it was yeah. like kind of like the last swan song of like these two kind of flawed movies but very funny in my opinion just go out on those two and yeah i do love fatal instinct i rewatched that good. recently as well uh so funny. that one that one holds up better for me than loaded weapon i do love carl reiner movies so yeah. maybe it's maybe it's that but uh, it, I do, it I also love has comic sensibilities yeah yeah and it has the um it has something that this movie does not, which is actors that aren't normally known for comedy. You know, it like it has that thing like Airplane where they're taking it seriously yeah, in a way. And and this movie is not. This movie is like we're 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 yucking it up over here. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, that that is the difference. Maybe yeah, like especially in Fatal Instinct, you've got Armand Asante. Yeah. Uh, but he's so good in that movie, though. Like, as, totally. as not a comedian, but I just love the way that movie, like, it doesn't clue the actors in. Like, they're not in on the joke, you know? Yeah, the things are they're going just, on around them. Yeah, and they're also oblivious of, like, the stupid shit that's happening around them. Like, for a late era, like, 93 is late for a comedy of this type. Like, also yeah. for Carl Reiner, I don't think he did a lot of movies after that, but that's... Mm -hmm. That's one worth revisiting if you if you've uh, yeah. seen it before and thought it was lame or haven't never seen it or even heard of it. Uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good one. All right, show. well, that's our four picks each for our Chud Challenge in February. Yeah, and if, we managed you, to do it in little over an hour. Yeah, if so. you had to pick one to tell people to watch, what would it be? Oh, geez, of the ones you recommended to me of yours, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's actually easy. That's American Anthem. No yeah. question about it. Definitely yeah. check that out. If you got a pension for like stupid sports dance, late 80s, riding on flash dances, go tails movies. Totally. Check yeah. that shit out. Mine, mine, unsurprisingly, would be Eastern Condors. It was so good. Oh, nice. I'm glad you picked that one. Yeah. <laughs> because, um, you know, I'm fantastic. I'm so very big on Hong Kong cinema, but I know I gave you like a couple of bangers, like Parole Violators and Jewel, yeah. uh, Lady Terminator, Eastern Commerce. Yeah. Those are so, those are some big ones. So yeah. <laughs> I, I really I really picked a couple that I, I wasn't 100% on them, but I knew yeah. you weren't going to hate them at least. Mm -hmm. So pretty safe picks from my side <laughs> well if you would like to get in on the chud challenge as we mentioned at the top of the show go to chudbuddies.club there's a link to our discord server you'll find us all in there talking about movies and talking about anime or whatever it is um <laughs> trashy things of all varieties um and do not forget to go to backdashrow.com and to follow Back Row Cineblog on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, everywhere. It's the two-year anniversary just passed, so check out all mm. of the stuff that's up there. Um, and otherwise, we will talk to you next time on Notes from the Back Row. Bye. Bye.